Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We did a secret Santa with a group of friends years ago uh, in Sydney. They'll never listen to this podcast, so no, they don't hate us. They just, you know, won't, so I can talk about it. It's all right. And, um, and the theme was, uh, was recycled gifts. So the idea was that you bring something that had been given to you, you know, the old, the old re-gift, right? Um, and so uh, we did it with a group of friends, but a couple of friends, I don't think they really got the point. And they just sort of brought random items from their homes. There was like a, um, it's like a broken toy and there was a couple of um, cans of cannelloni beans. I know, just like, and we're like, and we got those ones like, oh, great, thanks. And, you know, like nice people, we said, oh, great, yeah, thanks, random, haha, so funny. Then we talked about them in the car on the way home and then used it as sermon prep, you know, now. Um, but, but, but we are nice, I promise. Um, but... But I don't know what the most unusual gift is for you. Uh, we, we, we found that one. But today, we're probably going to look at the gift given to Jesus that, that we most connect with, and that, and that is gold. You know, who would, wouldn't want to receive gold? We, we, would all, we would all take it, okay? It's, um, it's, it's one of the chief measures of wealth in the world because of its scarcity and value. Um, fun fact, you can take this note down because who knows, it could be in a trivia competition at some point in your life. But uh, the US Geological Service, as of June uh, 2021, maybe it'll be in our volunteers, um, you know, um, volunteers end of year trivia celebration at the end of the, at the, end of the year. But anyway, um, so as of June 2021, they say that there's only been 187,000 tonnes of gold mined in the world ever. That's their, that's their estimate. And you're like, well, you know what? That's a lot of gold. I'd take, I'd take that. But just to give you a comparison, it's expected that 565.1 million tonnes of coal will be mined in Australia this year. That's the, so that's, that's the difference. 187,000 tonnes of gold ever um, and 565.1 million tonnes of coal in Australia only just this year. You see, gold is something that's rare and valuable, but also it symbolises royalty. It symbolises the best something can be. We you know the gold standard. You know, first place is always a gold medal. You know, gold is a gift... For a king, and the wise men brought this gift to Jesus to show that he is king. Show that he is king. And so, um, as we learned last week, because we, we sing about, you know, we three kings of RNR, but we probably think, scholars think there was probably more than just, um, you know, three wise men that turn up. There was, like, there was, a, there was a whole lot. And so, um, what I found is. Uh, done you know, some really good research and found actually an original image from when the, um, when the wise men were there. So if you can throw that on the screen, um, that image for me. Um, and so as, I'll, I'll read it for you here. So this, they're bringing the gold and he's like, just to be perfectly clear, these gifts are for your birthday and Christmas. <laughs> Do we have anyone who has a birthday near Christmas that feels that pain? Christmas is on Wednesday, by the way. Yep. What about, yep, Seth up there, yep. Um, we had a friend in Sydney who was of Jewish origin and he was born on the 25th of December as well. Is he the second coming of Christ? Probably not, but anyway. <laughs> okay, two people found that funny, but that's all right. 
Some of you are like, whoa, what church is this? Okay, but here's, here's the thing, right? So gold is broad and it represents that Jesus is a king. 1 Timothy 6.15 says this, For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. You see, He is, Jesus Christ, the supreme authority over all kingdoms in this world. The entire cosmos is in the hands of King Jesus. He is a king like no other. But here's this, this, this paradox of who Jesus is as king, because there were many prophecies um, and the Jewish people were expecting a king, but they were expecting a king to be born where kings usually are, and that's in a palace, surrounded by wealth, you know, luxury, comfort. But we find this weird scene of Jesus being born out with the animals, no room at the inn, no upgrade because of hotel points. He wasn't in the penthouse and he didn't have the big ocean-facing room. No, Jesus was out the back, born a king, the king of kings, yet at the same time, he was a humble king, a humble king that wasn't just born into humility, but he lived in humility. The son of a carpenter, Nazareth, where Jesus grew up, was not some you know bustling metropolis of, of connection for the for the ancient world. It was it, it was small. It was a backwater. It was seemingly unimportant, but he lived in obscurity for the vast majority of his life. Then at age 30, comes bursting on the scene to shake the whole of Israel and now the entire planet. You see, Jesus was an unusual king. The Bible describes him like this in Philippians 2 verse 6. He says, Who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, that doesn't sound very kingly when you read that. Or is it just because our view of, of what a king should be or is only embraces what the world says? which is that it's power, it's wealth, it's luxury, it's comfort, it's you know, being on the front page of the Women's Weekly, like whatever, whatever it is. So, so as we come into this Christmas time again, let's remember that the greatest gift of all is Jesus Christ. And that part of that gift that was brought to Him was that gold that shows us that He is the true King, that He is a King like no other. And so what we're going to do for the rest of the, the time of this message is we're going, to, we're going to look at three different responses from Scripture to this idea of Jesus as King. And so number one, first response we're going to look at is a guy called Herod, who was actually the current king. And Herod, what he does is he opposes Jesus as King. The scripture that we read at the start ends with the wise men being warned in a dream not to go back and tell Herod where the king of the Jews, that's Jesus, was born. Later in that same chapter, scripture tells us from verse 16, it says, Herod was furious when he realised that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem sorry, who were two years and younger based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. You see, this, this slaughter of innocent life, it shows us the level of fear 
that resided in Herod about losing his power and losing his authority to a possible king of the Jews. You see, because if Jesus is king and not just king, but if he's king of kings, then that means that every ruler and every authority must come under his reign. And while we look at uh, someone like Herod and think, wow, like what, you know, what possible evil could fill someone's life so that they would, you know, instruct such, you know, devastation upon innocent people, we're actually presented with the same challenge as Herod. That if Jesus is truly king, then in our lives, we have to decide whether we will embrace the kingship of Jesus or whether we will oppose it. Now, you might be thinking, you know, are you, uh, I, don't, I don't know what, what, what king you're talking about. Well, to be honest, for most of us, the king over our own lives is ourself. Yeah. Ourself. I'm in charge. I decide what to do. And even when I don't decide what to do, I feel like I want to decide what to do. There's this, there's this thing in all of us where actually we want to be the king. We like to be in control. No, no one can tell me what to do. But the reality is, is that one day you will bow your knee to King Jesus. One day everyone will. We either do it on this side of eternity or we do it on the other side of eternity. And a little hot tip for you, it goes a lot better for you when you do it on this side of eternity than it does on the other. This is Jesus' words to his disciples in Matthew 16, 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. That's the call that Jesus gives to all of us. Will we lay down our lives? Will we declare that, no, no, I am not king, that Jesus is king, and I place him as number one. So the, so the first response was Herod, who opposed Jesus as king. The second response we're going to look at is the Jewish priests, and they actually dismissed Jesus as king. They said, this, this, this guy can't be the king. But as we read earlier, the wise men, when they came to Herod, um, Herod was like, oh, what, king? There's, there's a king? Let me, let me gather the priests let me gather these religious leaders of the Jewish people. And, um, you know, I've got no idea. So let's, let's get a meeting. You know, let's get them all on Microsoft Teams together and, you know, have that awkward, your mic's not on, your mic's not on. You know, let's, let's, let's get them all together and, and see where, where this thing's supposed to happen. And so I'll read it again. We read it before, but this is Matthew 2, 4 to 6. Uh, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people, that's, that's Herod together, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The part there where it says, Thus it is written, is actually a quote. It's a prophecy from the book of Micah. And Micah was considered by uh, the Jewish people to be inspired by God as part of their uh, sacred text. Micah is part of our sacred text as the canon of Scripture. And um, these Jewish priests, they actually knew about the coming Messiah. 
In fact, they were living in Jerusalem, which is approximately just five miles from Bethlehem. They could quote the Scripture. They knew where He would be. They were so close, and yet still they missed Jesus as King. Still they missed Jesus as King. We have the people that knew about the coming Messiah. They knew where He was going to be born. They had wise men from the east asking about a king to be born, yet still they didn't go and worship Him. Because you see, proximity to Jesus does not necessarily mean relationship with Him. See, we can be around Jesus, but there's something different about us really engaging with Him. Now, 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 now hear me, church is, church is important. It's actually vital to uh, a growing faith-filled relationship with Christ. But we need to embrace more than just attendance. Otherwise, we may be at risk of being like the religious leaders of the day and know all about God and where He is and, and what He does and all the, all the right information, yet still miss Him, yet still not bow our knee to the King of all kings, still not bow our knees uh, at the feet of Jesus in worship. You know, can we just take it a little bit further for a second? We, we can be here listening to the Word of God, singing the worship songs, yet still in our hearts be back in Jerusalem, not bowing our knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's not just about proximity. It's not just about being in the right place or even doing the right thing. It's about what do we allow Christ to do on the inside of our lives? Will we lay down, like the Scripture we read earlier, the words of Jesus from Matthew, will we lay down our life? Will we lay down our agenda? Will we lose our life for His sake because He has something for us? It's about, it is about placing ourselves in environments that spur us on to worship and onto love and onto good deeds. But it's also, like I said, about that posture of our heart. We can look past the outside, but Jesus is looking on the inside. He's looking to our innermost hearts. And there's this scripture in Revelation that is used a lot of the time when it comes to you know, that call and that salvation called a Christ. And it's Revelation 3.20. It says this, uh, Jesus speaking, says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and dine with him and he with me. And it's a great scripture and we can use it like that. But do you know, in the actual context of the scripture where it comes in Revelation, that's not written to people that don't know Christ. It's actually written to a church. It's written to a place that where they'd come into you know, the, quote, right environment. They, they, they'd place themselves in that spot, yet Jesus still says, hey, I'm standing at the door and I'm, and I'm knocking. Will you open your heart to me today? Will we not just come on a Sunday and, you know, clap in the fast songs and lift your hands in the, in the slow songs and say, how is your week good? How is your week good? I'm busy. You're busy. We're busy. Let's go. Okay, we'll see you next Sunday. You know, do, do, all, the, do all the things, but can we come in and, and can we really connect with God and open the door of our heart, because that's what Jesus is knocking on. He's knocking on the door of our hearts. And so as we start to wrap this up, maybe Ben can come and join me on the, on the keys here. We're going to look at the third response. So we had Herod, who opposed Jesus as king. We had the Jewish leaders who dismissed Jesus as king. But then number three, we have the wise men who bowed to Jesus as king. Matthew 2 again, when they had come into the house, 
they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. You see, the highest form of worship is to bow low. It's the ultimate posture of reverence, surrender, and submission. And it's the posture that we're called to embrace as followers of Jesus. We bow our plans to His plans for our life. We bow our hurts, our hopes, and our striving to Jesus. We bow our skills, our gifts, our talents, and we say, Jesus, would you use them for your kingdom? We bow our time, we bow our money, we bow our possessions before Jesus. And so this morning, my challenge for you is, is simply this, is what do you need to bow at the feet of Jesus to? What do you need to bring before Him? Lots of times we think that the things we need to, um, to, to bring to God and to, and to lay at Jesus' feet are our, maybe our, what looks like a seeming, you know, success or, you know, things that are going well. But, you know, lots of times there's some broken things in all our lives, in all our hearts that, that we hold on to. And we don't actually recognise that those hurts and those, you know, hopes that haven't turned up yet, those, those disappointments, those rejections, they're the things that we're actually bowing our life to. They're the filter that we view everything through. They're the, they're the filter that we hear everything through. And so I believe this morning there's an invitation from the Spirit to say, I, 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 I'm going to let those things, I'm going to let those things go at the feet of Jesus. That that hurt or that past or that whatever will not be the King over my life, that Jesus will be my King. I believe there's a few people like that here this morning. I believe there's, there's people here this morning that, have, um, that work hard, that do the right thing, that you know, do, do, do all the things on, in a worldly sense. But God is calling again to say, would you trust me? Would you, would you lay some things at the feet of Jesus? And all those things are great things to do, but ultimately it's Jesus that's King of our life. It's, it's He that is our King. And we lay every achievement, every achievement at the feet of Jesus. I've seen it quoted by a couple of different sources, but I think it comes from Queen Victoria. And apparently she said, that she wished that Jesus would return in her lifetime so that she could lay her crown at His feet. What a, what a, what a powerful statement from the then, you know, Queen of England and Empire, etc. And, and we hear that and we think, yeah, amazing. That would, be, that would be phenomenal. But that's actually what Jesus is calling from each and every one of us, whether we're royalty on this earth or not. Because Jesus is the King of glory. He is the King of righteousness. He is the King of ages. He is the King 
of kings. Jesus is the King who heals the sick, who opens blind eyes, who heals deaf ears, who strengthens the weak, who delivers the captives, who restores the broken. He's that kind of King. He's a shelter in time of trouble. He's a light when the world is dark. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the resurrection and the life. He is goodness indescribable. He is power incomprehensible. He is grace that is irresistible. At His name, darkness trembles. At His name, demons flee. That's the King that we serve. Though the devil hated Him, He couldn't stop Him. So death couldn't defeat Him and the grave couldn't hold Him because Jesus is King. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, that the greatest gift we could ever receive is Jesus as, as High Priest who goes before us, who, who knows what it feels like to be us. But also, not only is He High Priest, but He's also royalty. He's also the King of Kings. And so today, the question is, what will our response be? Will we oppose Jesus as King and maybe just sit on our own throne? Will we dismiss Him as king and think, you know what, great story, sounds good. I like Christmas lights and stuff, but this part's not for me. Or will we bow in worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? So I'd love you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're gonna, we're gonna pray in this place. Jesus, we thank you right now. God, we thank you all across this room that there is an invitation for us to bow our knees, to bow our hearts, bow our lives to You. God, we thank You that the free gift, the free gift that You've given us is eternal life in Jesus. That Scripture that we read at the start starts with, for the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. And so this morning, in just a moment, we're going to uh, pray a prayer all together, a prayer that acknowledges Jesus as King and connects our heart with His. And so if you'd like to be included in that prayer, if you, if you're like, you know what, I need, I need to make a decision this morning, I need to put a, I put a line in the sand and go, you know what, I, I, I'm deciding that Jesus is King of my life. He's either never been King of my life or maybe He has previously, but you know, there's other things that have come in to take His place. If that's you right now, wherever you are, would you just lift your hand? I'll see it. You can put it back, right back down. And then we're going to pray together as a church. Is there someone here this morning that wants to say yes to Jesus as King, wants to say yes to the love and the grace, yes to the forgiveness, and yes to His Lordship over our lives. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right now? We'll see it and we're going to pray. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, would you pray this prayer? Would you repeat it after me? Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I give my life to you. From this moment on, I acknowledge you as King. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Amen. I'm going to cross this place. Why don't we, why don't we stand together? I'm going to pray and then we're going to close the service. Ben's going to head out. If you'd like to come forward for prayer after service, you can do that. We've got a team that would love to pray with you. But, but right now, I'd just love to declare over our lives, over, over our church, that Jesus is King that He is Lord, that everything else has to bow its knee, including me and my plans and my hopes and my dreams. They all bow their knee to Jesus Christ. So come on.